Tio. John Fitch here. John Fitch knows nothing. What's up, everybody? Beautiful, beautiful Sunday evening in May. It's May already, and it's getting hot in the garage. So we may have some uh, sweaty, shirtless <laughs> streams coming at you in the future. Uh, I got the fan on. Hopefully, that's not going to cause any audio issues. But, um, yeah, it's getting hot already, man. It's getting hot. We had some uh, fights. There's some fights. There's a nice, nice medley of violence this weekend, right? We had the bare knuckles on Friday. We had the UFC uh, early show Saturday, and then the uh, Loma Haney fight. Lomachenko and Haney fought Saturday night. And uh, there's a lot of m m notable fights to talk about. So we're gonna jump into the bare knuckles first. So bear with me. We'll go bare knuckles, and then we'll go to the uh, UFCs, and then we'll finish up with the boxing, which is dead, which is dead. Boxing's dead. It's dead. Boxing's dead. But everybody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. We're going to talk about it here. And I know the first comments in the, in the chat already talking about the boxing, which is dead, which is funny because it's something that's dead usually never gets talked about or mentioned or nobody watches. Hmm. Funny how that works. All right, so what we're going to do is uh, start off with the bare knuckles. The bare knuckles, um, there were some good fights. I like the bare knuckles. All right. Um, who were the notable fights? Your notable fights that I remember watching, there were, there were some good ones. Um, there was a little bit less knockouts on that main card. The, the undercard was good. Lots of action. Um, yeah, strike them. Rodriguez, that was a fast one, Rodriguez and Williams, uh, and Roberts. Those were all winners on the undercard. I believe those were – I think those were three finishes, maybe. Um, but they were good fights. We get into the main card. The, the big fights that they're pushing a lot, of course, we'll get into this one, was the uh, – the Jade Mason Wong and the Taylor, uh, Taylor Starling. This one right here's. This was getting pushed hot and heavy. And uh, it was okay. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Jade, Jade, Jade Wong had uh, a lot more power, had too much power, I think, for Starling. And that's, it just seems like it happens all the time with, with women fights. Like there's, I don't know where one girl would just come through and slaughter the other girls that are, that are winning a lot, but I don't know. Um, she put it on her though. I think just too much power overall wore her out, wore her down. Um, what was the other good fight? Uh, Braun, Braun Porter. Yeah. Uh, Braun had massive power, knocked Porter out. Is it Porter or Potter? Potter knocked Potter out. It was 17 seconds um, right there, Braun. He's uh, pretty powerful. And um, what's he got? He's 1-0. That was both their debuts in the bare knuckles, 205-pounders. And it's um, pretty good showing for his first, his first time out. Um, the next fight was good too. 
Trinidad Snake versus Brito. Brito was throwing big heavy bombs the whole time. You know, everything he had was like knockout level punch. And um, Trinidad Snake was able to slip a lot of stuff. And he was he was a lot more poised and able to land cleaner shots and do more damage in that fight. And he was able to pull pull out um, a pretty good victory. Three, three fights to uh, – or three rounds, three rounds to two, right? 46, 48-46, 48-46, 49-45 in, in that fight. Pretty good performance. Um, I'll be interested to see Trinidad. Was that his first two? He's three and zero now. That's three and zero in the bare knuckles. Rito's five and three. Wow, these guys have been putting in work in that circly ring there. All right. <laughs> yeah, people. Michael was. We'll get to the UFC. We'll get to the UFC comments in the. <laughs> Making some jokes already. Um, who else we got? What else we got here? Um, working our way up the cards. Martinez, Suceda. Martinez with the win there. I'm trying to remember what was the big fight. What was the other big fight? So it was the. Uh, yeah, we had a lot. There's a lot more decisions in this one than usual, I think. Yeah, the co-main was the next to last finish. All right, oh, I took that off. Here we go. Cochrane and Cutter. Uh, Cochrane had a, a 56-second knockout first round. Good performance. Middleweight right there. Four and two in the bare knuckles. Cutter is three and five now. So they're getting guys that, that have had some experience, man. That's a lot of bare knuckle fights. It really is. You know, you see how how easy it is to get cut up and your face broken, you know, to have, you, you know, five to ten fights, to have more than ten fights, that's insane. You know, I, I'd be, it'd be, it'd be, I don't know, man. You think there's, I, I guess there are those gypsies out there, the gypsy bare knuckle guys out there. That have had like literally hundreds of fights, you know, literally a hundred bare knuckle fights. That's that's insane stuff, dude. You know, I guess I guess if you're fighting bums and they're not hitting you that hard or they're not that good, but that's still a lot of that's still a lot of bone on your face, bone to bone contact. Mm, man. Then the main event, main event of the the bare knuckles, which is something I was excited for. Houston Alexander and uh, Smith, right? Jeremy Smith. Houston Alexander has always been a guy that has big knockout power. Um, his chin's not bad, but he is one of those guys. It's just like he's going to knock you out or he's going to get knocked out. Uh, so you knew, you, well, at least we thought something was going to happen in this fight. Somebody's going to get knocked out. But Alexander was a, a superior striker in this fight. He was cleaner and um, – more precise, his defense was better. He looked more like a boxer. Uh, Smith threw, he was a hooker, man. He would just hook and hook and hook. And he wasn't landing much up top. You know, I thought Houston was going to get a finish uh, here. I thought he was going to get the knockout because he was landing good shots, good clean shots, 
wasn't taking a ton of damage, but Smith was sneaking in those those big body shots because he wasn't able to hit much over the top here. Smith did, or uh, Houston Alexander did a great job of avoiding a lot of the danger from the, from the punches to the head. But when uh, Smith went to the body, he was landing good shots to the body, and that definitely caught up to Alexander because he slowed down significantly, significantly in the in the fourth and fifth round. And I thought we might have saw a come from behind. Uh, win for Smith here because if he just would have put one of those body shots to an uppercut Mike Tyson style that I think that fight would have been over because Houston was sucking enough air and slowed down enough where he could have snuck something but I don't know if Smith had enough technical ability to, to do that because it seemed like he only had four punches and those are some powerful punches don't get me wrong like he could probably crush most people with those punches but if you've only got four punches, it becomes easier to avoid those four shots. Um, even though still, Houston was still getting hit with big body shots. He's getting dug. He was getting dug out of the body hard. And I could I could feel it a little bit. It made my stomach hurt. It made me breathe a little heavy. Started to wheeze a little bit when I was watching it. But I was just like, he was teetering. He was teetering on the edge. And, and Smith just could not find that mark. He could not find that mark in the last – Last couple rounds, he did a lot of great work in there, but he wasn't able to pull it off. We had uh, Alexander win 48-46, 48-46, and 48-47 on the three uh, cards. Not not upset with those in any way. It was a good fight. It was a fun fight. Um, yeah, man, If maybe if Smith would have started fighting harder earlier, maybe he would have pulled that off. You know, Alexander got the win. He got the he got the W. Making things happen. That's the bare knuckles. It's the bare knuckles. Do you guys watch much of the bare knuckles? Hamzamir chiming in saying that uh, Houston Alexander was made for bare knuckles. There's some guys that are are kind of more more made for it, right? Because they're not, not exactly slick enough and technically slick enough to box. You know, they're not technically slick enough to box. So they're going to have a hard time with the boxers, the good boxers, the bigger boxers, you know, especially like Alexander. But bare knuckles different, right? Because you got, you got guys getting knocked out with a jab, one punch, one punch jab to the face. No, nope, they're done. You know, they don't, they don't like that. It doesn't feel good. Uh, I've talked about before, you know, those, those two knuckles in the bone, that's like getting hit with a, a ball peen hammer. No, no fun. No fun. Uh, so yeah, certain guys, they're not going to be clean enough to fight the boxing stuff because the prima donnas that are protected by the gloves, um, you know, are going to out, out point them, out slick them. But when you take those gloves off, it evens that it evens things up a lot. It evens things up a lot. You know, I'd like to see a lot of top boxers. I'd like to see what I'd like to see what uh I know they're retired, but like um oh uh fought Randy Tour, Tony, Tony, what somebody like that, what somebody like that, you know, doing the shoulder rolls. What that what that somebody like that would be like in bare knuckles. I think he would probably do pretty well though, actually, because he's kind of he's kind of one of those guys. He's kind of one of those guys. I think that could uh, could handle it. Um, 
and then you get put him in, you know, then you put who you Alexander in, in MMA and he's got great power and, you know, the smaller gloves suit him much better than the boxing gloves. He's able to do pretty well, but he still, he doesn't have the wrestling ability to really flourish, you know, and you're right. <laughs> Bare knuckles is probably the best possible match for him. He doesn't have to worry about getting good at wrestling later in life, you know, cause he didn't start early. And then, He's got the grit. He's got the grit to fight without the gloves on. He can take, you not have to have the, the 10 ounce gloves to have the wraps and the protection and just go to work, you know? Interesting to see uh, what he's doing. <clears throat> this is crazy, too. Vanguard saying um, it's remarkable that Houston Alexander is 50 years old looking like that. It looks pretty good, man. It doesn't look bad. I mean, he's got he's got a point where he's starting to get the old looking skin, but he still moves. He still moves really well. You know, he's got five years on me. Man, come on, BAKFC, make an offer. Make an offer. <laughs> make an offer. I'm walking at 220 right now. <laughs> um Anakin in the house saying uh I want more UFC fighters in BKFC. It'd be uh, interesting. It'd be interesting. I haven't been watched. I haven't caught any of this, right? Tyler Durden's stupid name saying, I watched uh, most of BKFC, but I was also watching Karate Combat. I might have to start um, taking a look out for that because I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of combat. I like fights. I like watching fights. I think it's interesting how they have the pit design. Frank Shamrock tried to do some pit design thing. They had a fight back in Florida a long time ago where he had a pit like that. I remember Mike Swick and some other guys fought. Um, I don't know if Mike actually fought or Eric Ray was going to fought. I can't remember. But I remember Frank had that. I never fought in that car. I didn't go to the fights, but I remember that. It was interesting. I always thought it was an interesting thing to have like a, a non-level field and a non-level uh, mat or surface area you're fighting on and then no cage. You just have a ramp, and then um, you got to work back inside. I thought that was pretty interesting. Those would all be interesting matchups, Sam, or people to throw in there. Darren Till, Perry, Cerrone. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. I'm all about violence, guys. I'm not going to be like, no, no. I don't want anybody fighting bare knuckles. You must stop. Stop him. That's the guy. James Tony. Why am I saying? I was saying his last name like a first name. That's why I couldn't remember the last name. It's James Tony. Yep. I misplace things sometimes in my brain. James Tony. I would love to see a James Tony caliber boxer jump into the bare knuckle circle. I would really like to see that. You know, I think somebody, James Tony back in the day, you know, he's old now. Okay. Whatever. Father Time is the champ. We all know that. But if he um, <clears throat> if he would have been, you know, at least thirty-five when he fought Randy Couture, if he was that age and he fought fought bare knuckles, I would have I would have been interesting, man. That would have been very interesting, way more than the Randy Couture fight. That was just stupid. That was dumb. That was dumb. I'm gonna give him a lot, a uh, uh, side leg check kick. <laughs> just oh man. Anakin says, uh, I think karate combat is decent, could be better, but it's okay. 
Yeah, it's always going to pop up sometimes, man. You can't you can't force people to fight hard all the time. Some people don't have it in them. They really don't. Not everybody's built for that. Not everybody has that killer instinct. Not everybody smells blood and goes for it. A lot of people can compete. A lot of people can compete at a high level, but it, it has a different story, man. You're out on the battlefield. Certain guys are just way more capable of, of spilling blood. It's just, you know, it's a psychological thing. I've read books about it, man. Smart stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> Houston Alexander's 53. Wow, guys. What are you guys doing out there, man? <laughs> what are you guys doing out there? I mean, Houston Alexander's out here fighting people half his age in his underwear, bare knuckles. What are you doing? What's your excuse? <laughs> Come on. Uh, man, Herschel Walker. He fought for the first time in his late 40s, 50 years old. Some of you guys, man, you can't even do a full week of workouts. Come on, bros. Come on. Age is not an excuse. It's not. <clears throat> when I was in junior high, I wasn't even junior high yet. When I was in grade school on the junior high wrestling team, <laughs> when I took a bus over to the other school so I could go and practice, that was one of the uh, sayings they came up with for the shirt was youth is no excuse because they had a young team. They had a young team. They were all uh, underclassmen. They were like seventh graders or something for some reason. Uh, they just didn't have the older kids come out. There weren't any wrestlers there. So they had the shirts. That was their saying, youth is no excuse. It's not an excuse. Coach nipped that in the bud. Oh, well, we're only seventh graders. And at the time, I think it was uh, the junior high was – seventh eighth and ninth graders though right they changed that by the time i got to junior high and um so it was all like seven seventh graders and a couple eighth graders on the team i think but the coach was like yeah you're not you don't get to make an excuse youth is not an excuse and that and that and the and that saying fit for the rest of the team because i was a fourth grader fifth grader sixth grader taking a bus from a different school over to that junior high so that i could wrestle and our coach would lie about how old we are so that we could compete. So I was, I was a fourth grader, and I would compete against eighth graders. They're my weight, but they were, they were, yeah, four years older than me. And um, I'm damn glad I did it. I'm dad, I'm damn glad I did it. Damn glad, you know. Penty, yeah, about maybe two twenty, two thirty, depending on how many snacks I had that week. Ooh, I got a sweet tooth, guys. I'm not just sweet. I got a sweet tooth. I could see that. Anakin Skywalker saying GSP and Bass on commentary for a karate combat is top notch. Yeah, I could see that. GSP is just a good guy. I can't not like him. I can't. Like I don't see. I don't. I don't know anybody who's ever like talked shit about GSP in any way. Like, yeah, he's a great fighter, but what a what a dick. <laughs> never. I've never, ever heard anybody say anything about him. The only thing I've ever heard anybody make fun of him about is, like, there's rumor about him liking, like, like bigger ghetto-type women. But I don't even know if that's true. It's just that's the only thing I ever heard at all. And it's not necessarily a negative. It's just different. It's just whatever. It's his cup of tea, if it is. Cool. Um, but I don't know if it's – that's just rumors. It's a legend. So both those guys together on the mic, I think sounds like gold. I've seen a lot of commercials and stuff with them. Uh, 
doing stuff and it's always good i'm never and i don't think it's ever cringe or whatever he he um <clears throat> a little vanguard says gsp is commenting in karate combat the pit design is awesome but the fights are a little slow for me uh maybe the guys are still a little um a little uh timid maybe does he say that after every fight that he didn't like if it was a little slow uh, i was not i was not impressed with his performance Hmm. What's going? <laughs> yeah, Hamzamir, is that what you say? George likes old women. That's a new one. I've never heard that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know necessarily. Uh, Hamzamir is saying BKFC is made for brawls, not boxers. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Initially, a lot of it was brawlers. Yeah, a lot of the first stuff. But you're starting to see now that they've been doing this for a number of years, and these guys have put together fights and strung fights together. It doesn't work. You can't, you can't be that um, much of a brawler. You have to have some calculation. You have to be clean you have to know how to land your punches in the right spot because you can hurt your hand really really easily you can break your hand pretty easily if you throw it in the wrong spot at the wrong time if you hit an elbow i mean i look at my look at my thumb right <laughs> look compare the two <laughs> right this one doesn't go all the way back anymore it used to do that see how it does that it used to do now it doesn't i can't do that this one does right this one goes all the way back i can pull it back this one doesn't because the ligament, the tendon is gone. It snapped. I had gloves on. I hit Mike Swick's elbow. This was back like 2004, 2005. Snapped that tendon, and I had it, my thumb was blue and purple for like three weeks, and my thumb never straightened out again. I could probably have surgery and reattach it, but like, <laughs> why? <laughs> right? So that thumb's had some damage. I actually broke that too, so it's, it's not just that. I have the thing broken, but. So there's a level of boxing to it. it has to be. It's faster paced because of two-minute rounds, of course. But you have to be precise with where you're throwing and landing those punches or you can mess yourself up bad, really mess yourself up bad. And then if your defense, if you don't have good defense, you don't have good head movement, bro, you're getting a hammer in the face. You're getting a ball-peen hammer right in the face. You were never here style. All right, all right. Hamzamir, that's a good, um, that's a good observation, and I think a little bit yes. He's saying, did Paulie lose in BKFC against Artem because he thought it was a normal boxing match? I think he thought he was going to still be able to fight in the bare knuckle ring the way he fights in a boxing ring and you, and you can't, it's too fast paced. It's too gritty. 
You don't have time to use the first round to set up your jab. And there's just way too much damage that happens to you. You get too much pain, too much bad stuff inflicted on you when you make a mistake, when you get hit. Something that was grazing and boxing now is a three-inch cut. <laughs> you know, something that that um, may, may have dazed you and stumbled you a little bit now breaks your orbital because because of the gloves. You know, the taking of the gloves off. It's a different. It's a different thing, man. It's different. It really is. Tyler Durs, the stupid name, chiming in on that one, saying, Paulie never had great head movement combined with collar ties and dirty boxing tactics. He just didn't understand. 100%. That's the other part of this. It's bare-knuckle fighting. Bare-knuckle fighting. There is a very deliberate reason why they do that. Bare-knuckle fighting. It's not bare-knuckle boxing. If it was a boxing match, it is automatically uh, ruled and, and has to follow the laws of boxing. Because it's boxing and there's the Ali Act. And in the uh, the Ali Act, it refers to pugilists and boxers. Okay, so they have to stay away from that. Language is important. So they call it fighting and they allow the clinches. They avoid all of that stuff. They don't have to deal with it anymore. It's a different sport. They've created a new sport. Just like MMA, just like UFC said. We've created a new sport. It's a new thing. We can't be regulated under the same laws because we're different we're new we're not the same that's the argument combat it's all combat all combat sports should be regulated uh to keep a industry standard that maintains safety for the athletes right and that's not just health right physical safety that's economic safety we need economic protections as much as we need health uh protections James Y is saying, watching your IG stories looks like you're primed for a BKFC physically and hands look good. 200,000. <laughs> that, would, that would be a magic number that I would not hesitate to uh, sign the dotted line for. But yeah, I, that, that's the thing, man. I, I, you got to stay in shape. You got to stay healthy. Even just because I'm not competing doesn't mean I don't want to keep doing it. I like training. It's fun. But yeah, I have, I have focused my, my shifted my uh, training, um, I, I don't hit the, I haven't worn the gloves in a year and a half. I hit the bag bare knuckles, you know, um, maybe because in the back of my head, I'm like, Hey, just in case you better be ready. But partly because if I'm throwing punches nowadays, it's because it's self-defense. It's because somebody jumped me in the street or so I have to save somebody or something's happened. Something's crazy. Happening. I, I don't want to have to have soft hands. I don't want soft hands and soft skill set. I don't want to get you know, my edges worn off because I'm not doing anything or being active. So I'm putting a lot of time, I, not a lot of time and energy, but like when I work out, when I do my cardio, I hit the bag and I hit it bare knuckles. I put in the time. I've, I've toughened my hands up a lot. They don't, they don't uh, tear or get rough anymore. Um, it's pretty good. All right. So let's get into, um, Let's UFC. What do you think about that? Right. Houston Alexander got the win, of course. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next. Is he is he up for a possible title contention soon, or is he a weight class below those guys? You know, because he I, I wouldn't think he's too much bigger than or smaller than um, 
Alan Belcher, you know, and Rothwell running around at 280 is there too. So are those potential fights that might happen for him? I do not know. Uh, UFC. Let's get to the UFC. And remember, guys, if you have uh, comments and stuff you want to guarantee that I cover or I bring up or I share on, on the screen here, um, super chat, bro. Money talks. Bullshit walks. Where, where are the fights? What were the fights? Um, when did I pop in? Chase Hooper. Yep, I popped in with Chase Hooper. Chase Hooper. Uh, good performance. He looked good. He's made some improvements. But his opponent, Nick uh, Fiore, F-I-O-R-E. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it. He looked good too. He didn't. He wasn't. A, this guy didn't seem like a slouch, you know. So Case Hooper had to work. He had to work a little bit for this fight. So I think that was um, that was good matchmaking. That was good. Um, that was good on the coaches. I think I think it was good for the coaches, his management, whoever allowed that fight or set that fight up. I don't know if it was accidental or, or purposeful. You know, if it was accidental, like they, they got lucky and that was a good way to do things and they should be happy that that happened that way. But if they um, if they planned it and they picked that guy and they, they knew this would be a tough fight but a building fight, they did a marvelous job. Mwah, chef's kiss. Because that's exactly what this was. It was a fight that... Chase Hooper could have lost. He could have lost. This kid was skilled enough to beat him. He was skilled enough to beat Chase Hooper, Nick uh, Fiore, right? He was, he was good enough, but he got outperformed. Chase Hooper stepped up. He picked up the pace. He was the one who ended up getting the, getting the nod. Awesome. That's what you need for some of these younger guys, you know? And Chase Hooper, he got, he got hot early. He got hot fast before he got a chance to really build himself and develop himself and become that guy who people want him to be. So he needs these type of fights. He needs a couple more of these type of fights. And then he, he's probably going to be maybe two or three of these type of fights, fights that are losable, but guys that he should beat. That way he's, he's increasing his skills. He's getting better. He's getting pushed. Um, that's going to get him prepped for those top 10 guys and, and making a run for that title. If that's where he's planning on going. Cause he's a kid. He's a puppy, man. Good luck to you, Chase Cooper. Keep working hard. Uh, this fight was cool. The next fight, uh, Latifi, Latifi, and um, Nasaciento, 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 Nasaciento. Yes, Rodrigo Nasaciento Fiera. This was a decent fight, and it was pretty. It was closer than uh, uh, you might think. I thought it was a really close fight because Rodrigo, of course, was smooth, composed, landed really good shots on his feet, was really good standing latifi when he got inside and got the takedown he went to work and he was doing good on the ground so this was a good uh stylistic uh con you know matchup because uh you had the you know traditional striker traditional ground guy he had to try to get inside get the takedown but rodrigo was able to stay ahead win the fight i'm kind of glad i like latifi he's fun to watch but he's also now 17 and nine with one no contest. He's been around for a while. And we need new blood. We need new blood in the heavyweights. We need a mix up. Okay. Rodrigo is now 10 and one. 
Let's take a peek. How long has he been around? What's he been doing? This is his first fight? Okay. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Rodrigo has his first fight in the UFC. So now uh, we got a little bit of new blood. He's 10 and 1. You know, he's got 10 wins. Big guy. It'll be interesting, you know, what, 261 he walks around. Okay. Or that's what he fights at. Who knows what he walks around at. But, yeah, I got to say, it's good to have some more big guys coming in. be interesting to see what's up. Nice. Hamzamir, thank you very much. Esteemed gentleman and a scholar right there. Thank you for the super chat. Nice. Thank you very much. Appreciate you, Vanguard. A lot of Vanguard in the house. He's also the reigning champion of calling in during um, free consultations. Everybody else is scared of me. I don't know what's up, man. I don't bite. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, that, was a, that was a pretty good fight to watch. I like watching uh, that fight. Latifi and uh, Nascimento, Fiera. Um, Urbina with the KO over Kosh, Orion Kosh, um, at round two, 255. Kalowitz with the decision. Uh, this fight was great. Okay, so the last fight of the preliminary card, Mahashate and Borshev. This was great. Because it wasn't it wasn't in any way uh, one sided. Mahashate he is tough. He he's a good striker. He's clean. He's athletic. He performed well, but Borshev just had too much power. He had too much pop. When he landed clean, like you could see a distinct shift in Mahashate's uh, movement. Right, he landed big pop. He hit the factory reset button multiple times throughout that fight and finally was able to secure the knockout, round two, 237. Uh, Borshev is 7-3 and three right now. That was his UFC debut, and he did an outstanding dance for celebration. He did that thing, and he did the leg kicks. Russian dance. I was watching the fights with uh, my boys. Well, we all had our own <laughs> screen, right? And because uh, they're on their computers doing their thing, and I'm watching my fights. And uh, my boy, my youngest, he like watches the fight with me sometimes. He's always looking over my shoulder. And um, they, he started doing the the thing, the dance, and he's doing the leg kicks. And then he was like, "Hey, it's the guy from Sonic. It's the guy from Sonic too." Because <laughs> there's a scene in that Sonic movie. Where they go to like a Russian bar and they have to they have to dance battle somebody who's doing the Russian dance like that. I thought it was great, uh, excellent fight, very entertaining. It'll be interesting to see what happens next for this lightweight. Good addition to the lightweight division. Um, got some good power. Got some good power and some nice dance moves. I like that. I like it. Main card. Main card. Uh, Diego Fieria is back. He fought Michael Johnson for some reason. Uh, Diego's out for 17 months. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't look up why. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have the info for you. Um, oh man, 
Thoughts on Mahashate's weaknesses? I didn't see anything that was that was um, glaring. Okay, it wasn't like a glaring hole in his game anywhere. It was just that when they had exchanges, like because sometimes Mahashate he landed he landed the shots in the exchanges, but his his shots did not have anywhere near the effect that uh, Borshev's had. That was the thing. That was just a difference in power. I don't think it was a skill set weakness. You know what I mean? Um, in that scenario, it's strategy. And that's a serious strategy. They were both skilled guys. Okay. I didn't see like, oh, he just doesn't know how to lay kick. He just doesn't know how to throw a punch. He doesn't know how to slip. No, he knew how to do all the things he needed to do. Uh, so he was uh, technically tier, uh, technically on the same tier, matched up well with Borshev. He just was outpowered. So it was a strategy flaw. He should have uh, taken, the, taken the guy down. He should have tried to take him down. If not take him down, put him in the fence, tie him up, make him clinch a lot. Because when you get somebody who has that kind of power, just dynamites in his hands, when he throws a punch and then it hits, it's like, boom, the guy's like head whips back and you, you get all the wobblies. When, that type, when you fight a guy with that type of power, you have to tie him up. You have to make him miss, tie him up. And it's not it's not necessarily a skill set thing, you know. It wasn't like a, a hole in his in his abilities. I just don't think he applied the proper. I don't think he applied the, a proper uh, um, game plan, which he may not have known. He might have had no idea. This is Borshev's first UFC fight. He might not have known the type of power this guy has, you know. Uh, when I fought Daly, I knew <laughs> I know Daly had a lot of power, so I made him miss and I clinched him up. I clinched him up to take away the power and then when that power goes the power doesn't go the power i'm sorry the power doesn't really go the power always stays but when you clinch them up like that um they can't throw as quickly they can't throw as fast they end up laboring through the punches more and they become much more telegraphed okay so if you can tie that guy up early on in the fight the, the punches become way more telegraphed later on in the fight okay um, the power doesn't go though. So if you if you still get hit in the third round with the power, you're still going out. Okay. So I, I got to make sure I am clear, clear on that of what I'm saying. You know. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, Sierra. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm sorry. That was uh, we were still talking about uh, Borshev and Mahashate. But no, yeah, Diego Fiera, Diego Fiera. And uh, Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson's looking to put himself back in the top contender spot. He's had a little bit of a rough road in recent fights. We'll take a quick look here. Man, he's been fighting nine years for the company. It's a lot of fights. Lost, uh, you know, one, one, two fights last year. Lost one. Lost in 2021 to Guida. Lost uh, Thiago Moises in 2020. Lost to Stevie Ray. Lost to Josh Emmett. Yeah, so he's he's taken some hits. He's taken some losses. You know. And uh, Fiera, out 17 months, comes back fresh, comes back hungry. He's looking to make waves, looking to make things happen. He's yeah, He's been fighting... For a long time, too. He lost to uh, Gamrat, lost to Gillespie, lost to Darius. Yeah, he, he dropped three fights in 2021, took all of 2022 off. He beat Anthony Pettis. 
beat Tarisimov, beat Kabilov. Yeah, so he had a he had a skid, man. He had a bad year and just said, F it. <laughs> I'm taking a year off. I need to I need to get my head straight. I need to get things right. And he did. He came out, had a huge, huge knockout. That was massive. That was a big knockout. Hopefully, I don't know, man. What do you guys think? Michael Johnson, is he done? Is he done? Is that brain scrambled? Is his brain scrambled? I don't know. It might be. I hate to see it. You're not wrong, Anakin. J Johnson fought the best of the best. Crazy to think about that. Yeah, when you, I was just looking at that. As he's fought quite the lineup, man. Fuck B. Fought, he fought everybody. Tired stupid name says I like Michael Johnson. He's both a world beater and a stepping stone, depending on the night. Yep. So I don't know. I don't know what's up for Michael Johnson. Is it time for him to hang it up? Or not? I don't know. I want to see him keep getting knocked out or nothing. Uh we get into some welterweights. Joaquin Buckley and uh Andre Fialo. Fialo has been fighting a lot, you know, back to back to back to back. And he's just one of those guys. He's really skilled, really good, got big power. But that chin, you know, it's kill or be killed out there for him. And it's like 50% of the time he gets knocked out bad. I hope he's not having any cognitive slippage from that. I really don't. You know, it sucks. It, because, like, man, I'm sorry, guys. You have big power. You still have big power when you, when you push him into the fence and clinch. And you can still land big power with their hand trap behind their back. You can you can still land power in certain situations. You don't have to play everything like a boxer or a kickboxer. But he got he got punted. He got punted hard. It was a big head kick. Was not was not able to come back from that at all. But Buckley looked good. Buckley looked really good with that. We'll see what's next for Buckley. Was Buckley to Buckley drop down to seventy from eighty five? Yeah, and I can't say it's a yes, so he doesn't get knocked out again. Yep. So uh I don't know. Buckley. Let's see what's happened. I can yeah, I feel like he was at 85 before. I guess I can look real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. He fought he lost to Curtis at middleweight, lost to Imovov at middleweight. He beat uh, Durev at middleweight. He beat Arroyo. He lost to Alicio de Chirico. But yeah, so 170 may be a really good fit for him. He looked fine. He looked good. He didn't seem like the weight cut and the weight loss uh, restricted him in any way. So we'll see, man. Could be could be exciting. Who knows? Maybe that's a big mix-up for for welterweight. Does he get thrown in? Can he can he compete against the other guys that are fighting at that top level right now? Or has he got to win a couple more? What do you think? Does he get a top ten guy at welterweight just to see where he sits? 
or you give him another fight at welterweight. Uh, Godinez with the decision over Dakota. And then this fight was really good too. Anthony Hernandez and uh, Shabazanian. Shabazian? Shabazian, I'm sorry. Edmund Shabazian and Anthony Hernandez. Great fight. Shabazian started strong. Looked like he was going to run run through Hernandez. In the first round, kind of looked like he was going to run through Hernandez. And then at one point, I don't know if it was the first round or the beginning of the second round, there was one point where there was this scramble, right? He, he put together several attacks for the submissions. And it seemed like when Hernandez escaped those submissions and escaped that series of attacks, uh, Shabazian was done. <laughs> like he was gassed, he was depleted, and he just wasn't there for the rest of the fight. And it was the end of the third round, one minute, one second into the third round that Hernandez was able to put him away. Um, but it was it was interesting because, yeah, I thought Hernandez, oh, I was like, oh, this fight's almost over. I was like, man, this Shabazian's pretty awesome. Like, <laughs> he's making quick work of this guy. And then Hernandez just kept picking up steam, more and more steam, and then uh, was able to floor it, stepped on the gas and, and won the fight, finished. It was nice. We'll see uh, hopefully more of him. Let's see how much how many fights have he had? Has he had? He's been fighting 2019 he got in. He beat uh Mark Andre Barut. He bought Josh Fremd last year. He beat uh Rodolfo Vieira. He lost to Kevin Holland 2020. He beat Park Jin-young. He lost to Marcus Perez. So he's got a pretty good, pretty good record. Pretty good record. You know, we'll see. For middleweight, I, I have to see him stacked up against some other middleweights. He seems a little bit undersized. I could be mistaken because uh, Shabazian could, have, could be really big, and I just I can't judge by the size. I need to see him by some other 85-pounders. But for me, he's seen, it seems like he's a little bit on our size for 185. I could be 100% wrong, though. 100% wrong. And then uh, main main event main event was Mackenzie Dern and Angela Hill. And this was pretty pretty entertaining, actually, because Angela Hill took some big shots. She took some monster shots and um, was able to lose. <laughs> she was able to you know, finish the fight. She was able to finish the fight and not get finished. Uh, Mackenzie Dern landed some big knees. That one beat neon when she was standing, like I can't believe she didn't finish her off of that. So Angelo's super tough, you know, fun to watch. But at the same, I don't, I don't see. I have mixed feelings about these things, right? Because Angela Hill is now 15 and 13. She's got almost a 500 record, and yeah, okay, it's entertainment. It's entertaining to watch her fight, but doesn't that steal away from other contenders? Somebody, because like. Mackenzie Dern is 13 and 3. Why is a 13 and 3 person fighting somebody who's almost 500? Just for excitement reasons? Isn't isn't Dern supposed to be climbing the ladder and fighting trying to fight for the title? This fight you know, it was entertaining, but what was the point? What was the point? It doesn't to me it doesn't move Dern any closer to anything. She's not any I don't consider her any better of a fighter. That was a fun fight. Yeah, okay. And 
and what it's no there's no there's no ranking significance to it. Angela Hill's a ton, tons of fun to watch to fight. Yeah, but like I don't think she should be fighting contenders. It's a waste of a fight. I, I don't have a problem with her fighting on the main card because of entertainment reasons. Fine. But I feel like you've wasted. Why are you why are you having somebody who's 500 fighting for somebody who you're trying to push for a title? I don't even, I don't think the commissions should allow it. You got a 13, you know, they're setting this fight up. They're like, yeah, I got this person, you know, she's in the top 10. She's fight, she's gonna be fighting for a title in the next year, probably. She's uh she's 12 and 3. Oh, who you got for? Oh, we got we got this fighter for her who's uh 15 and 12, who's nowhere near a title shot. What? Why? <laughs> Just for entertainment reasons. Yeah, this is the pro wrestling element of it. Yeah, sure, it's fun to watch. Yeah, Roxy. That too. Roxy DePew says, Hill is also in her late 30s. Right? Anakin saying, wow, Hill is 38. That's... Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I don't uh, see like just because it's fun. It, it to me as it's supposed to be a sport, right? It's not just exhibitions for shits and giggles, you know. Because why aren't we just do? Why aren't we just doing the creator clash with YouTube creators? Why don't we just get like Destiny and Sneeko to fight each other in the cage? Why don't we do that? That'd be that'd get a ton of views. That'd get so many people to watch. That would be a fun thing to watch. But like it, it robs from the sport. It completely robs from the sport. I'm sorry, but like, you can't just have all spectacle and no, <laughs> no merit-based progress to champion. It makes no sense, and I think it's completely disrespectful to the athletes. 100% disrespectful to the athletes. Yeah, guys who are dedicating their lives to this stuff, and you're just like, nah. Let's make Cuck Smurf and <laughs> Black Murphy fight each other. I don't even know. I don't know. And again, that's a good question. It says, does Zern need a title shot at this point? I don't know. How many fights? Uh, you know, let's look. Let's look to see what a record's been. Her first fight this year with the win. She lost to uh, Yaunin. Yeah, so she 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 lost. You know, when was that? October. She lost in October. She beat Torres in April. Lost to Rodriguez. Beat Nunes. Nina Nunes. Beat Jehoroba, beat Marcos. Yeah, like I don't even think – yeah, I don't think she's in – yeah, you're right. I don't think she's in title shot contention. But then again, I don't know. who. I don't know who the champion is at that weight. Looks like she's she's had a rocky last two years. Lose one, win one, lose one, win one. I don't know if that is going to constitute – you know, earn you a title shot. I don't – No, I don't know. What do I know? 
<laughs> yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy. Yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> and he also he also he also tells men how to act like men. <laughs> uh, yo, man, Topher, I say this all the time. I'm not I'm not a fan. I don't I don't I, I if if it was an all girl card, I'm not I'm probably not gonna watch it at all. Like oh, some of these fights, I, I watch these fights because they're on. They're on. If they weren't on, I wouldn't seek them out. But they're on, and sometimes there's things that happen in them that are interesting to talk about. But I, I've said this also. I'm not that interested in the lightweight men stuff. I'm not. I'm not. There's only a handful of fights I care about at 155, even fewer fights at 145, and anything below that, I just they're fun size fights. I'm not that interested in them. I'm not. Uh, I would if you could. You could put. <clears throat> The absolute best fight card you could possibly think of are the best guys in the world that have ever fought from one, 125 to 145. Put 10 fights together, right? The top best names ever. That's one card. And then you have a card of 10 fights that are heavyweights that I've never heard of. Guess which one I'm paying to watch? The heavyweights. It's funner. They're funner. As a, as a consumer, as a consumer who just cares about entertainment, I'm watching the heavyweights. Yeah, I know as an athlete, as a fighter, as a coach, as a trainer, as a martial artist, I know that these guys are way better and the skills displayed there are going to be at a higher level. But as a consumer, this one's more fun. I don't know what else to tell you. I don't think it's right or wrong. It just is. I will. Yes, I, I do. I, I, that is one person that uh, is interesting to f watch. She's she's fun to watch. She just has uh, a personality that's um, fun. It's fun. When, when she's fighting, it's fun to watch. Her interviews are fun. Yeah, there are standouts, 100%. It's not, it's not a carton blanc stamp rejection. It's just on average, talking average here, right? It's that way. Then let's get into it, guys. You guys ready to argue? You guys ready to argue? Let's do it. Share this with your friends now so we can argue and everybody can come and argue, right? Because boxing's dead. Because boxing's dead. And that's why everybody's talking about boxing right now. Boxing's so terrible and so awful and so ridiculous. And nobody watches it, and viewership's so piss poor. That's why everybody's everybody's talking about it right now. <laughs> That's why every single person who's into sports in any way is talking about it. Like, get out of here, people. More people are talking about this fight than any MMA fight I, I've ever heard of. The only other MMA fight that maybe talk was talked about on a level microscopically this big, Kimbo Slice. Kimbo Slice, right? I think, what is it? I think it's Kimbo Slice versus uh, uh, Shamrock. Is that the most viewed MMA fight in history? You guys know that Kimbo Slice is the most famous, most popular MMA fighter in the history of the sport. If you look it up, right? Because when you're talking about average fans and average people who don't know anything about MMA, they've heard of Kimbo Slice. They know who Kimbo Slice is. They don't know who any of these other champions are. They don't know who Israel Adesanya is. They have no idea. They have no idea who, who uh, Anderson Silva is. They have no idea who GSP is. They know who Kimbo Slice is, though. 
All right. But boxing's dead, guys. Come on. It's been dead for a hundred years. Hundred years it's been dead. Right. <laughs> so everybody's talking about this sport that's dead, apparently. And um, people are mad about the decision. Now, I will tell you. Yep, that's the one. Elite XC. Hamzamir. Elite XC. Kimbo versus Shamrock card. That is the most watched fight in MMA history. Most watched by like a landslide. You think Forrest Griffin and uh, um, Bonner did big numbers? Nope. They are, they are not even on the chart compared to how many people watched Kimbo Slice and Shamrock fight. Kimbo is the most famous MMA fighter ever, way more than Conor McGregor. There are people out there who have no idea who Conor McGregor is still. I'm sorry. It's a fact. Just because you live in a bubble that watches MMA and, and knows who he is, if you're in a boxing bubble and know who he is because he fought Mayweather, still, those two bubbles are smaller than Kimbo. Everybody knows Kimbo, okay? He's the most famous. Sorry. McGregor doesn't hold a candle to Kimbo Slice's fame. And he died early, so he's a legend. No one's ever going to be able to touch that. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. Just the way it is. So we get into this fight. Um, I'm a big Lomachenko fan. I like Loma. He's awesome. He, you watch his highlight videos. I follow him on Instagram. He's a magician. He's a magician. The way he dances around people, the hand speed, un excuse me, unbelievable athlete, unbelievable. The, the things that he has done in his career, the championships, uh, the, the wins, unbelievable. Uh, absolutely unbelievable, okay? I am a much bigger fan of Lomachenko than Haney. I don't know much about Haney, but I watch Haney. I, I, uh, I've, I've seen uh, highlight clips. I haven't ever seen a full fight of his before. I've seen the highlight clips. Uh, I follow social media um, where stuff pops up all the time. And I, I mean, I know who he is, but I think that fight was really close. I think that it was okay. I'd have to watch it again. I'd have to watch it again. But I, I, I wasn't upset with the, the decision. I wasn't upset with the, the fight uh, decision, right? I think it was outrageous that they said it was eight rounds to four. I think seven five was was much better, but those rounds were so close. Every 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 one of those rounds was super close. The only two rounds that were were hands down, uh, Loma were ten and eleven, hands down, and he almost finished, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough. I think it was close. I'd have to watch it again. But I wasn't upset with the decision. I, I didn't know who was going to win at the end. I, I definitely knew that uh, Loma did way more work in rounds 10 and 11 and, and won more decidedly in those two rounds than any other round was, was won. You know, like I think that's one of the reasons why people think he won the most. Uh, the other thing, the other aspect of that fight that, that I noticed that a lot of people may not is when you watch that fight, if you watch that fight again, if you have a chance to, Watch Haney's uh, body shots. I think that was a big underscored uh, thing that was happening in that fight that judges were scoring because those they were clean body shots. They weren't 
grazing almost type hits. There were a number of combinations of things thrown by Lomachenko, except I'm not talking about round 10 and 11. Those were clean. Wapa, wapa, got him, <laughs> right? That round he landed clean and caught him clean and did, and did uh, noticeable damage, changing the way that Haney fought and moved. Um, those other rounds, they were a little bit grazing. Like they were fast, fast, really fast combinations, really fast hands, but they weren't all super clean. And I didn't see uh, Haney wobble or make a misstep, you know? So yeah, there was like point scoring, like Olympic point scoring. He hit him, he hit him not even with the full white of the glove, you know, like the Olympic point scoring, you have to, you have to, you hit the white of that glove to get the full point. I don't think he was landing at the full white of that glove where I think Haney was to the body. So people, I think, were seeing blah, 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 and scoring that when, the, you know, Lomachenko's going blah, 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 and then Haney's got one whack. So you got the the three fast blah, 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 punches from uh, Loma and the one whack to the body from Haney. And I think that that might have been part of why they leaned more towards Haney in some of those rounds, some of those close rounds. If you watch it back, Maybe pay attention to that. Pay attention to the body shots from Haney. Haney. Sorry, Haney. <laughs> I'm getting hungry. I'm going to call him Hammy. Uh, but, yeah, so I think that might have been one of the deciding factors that a lot of people don't notice. I think a lot of people underscore the body shots, you know, because people are raised on the movies and the television stuff and fake fighting stuff, and they think that every time you touch the head – Oh, that's almost you almost killed him when that one clean body shot is really the thing that that does a lot of damage. So I, I don't know. What's the answer? I think longer, longer rounds, maybe four minute round, maybe only 30 second breaks. If you want, you know, you want to fix the scoring and boxing, you want to stop the complaints. You got to have a finish. You got to have somebody knocked out. You know, you got to have somebody knocked down, somebody knocked out. So let's encourage the knockouts. Let's go back to eight-ounce gloves. Let's go to six-ounce gloves. Let's go to 15-round 15, 15 title fights again. You know, you get people want to complain about decisions, but you're not willing to make the changes that will actually fix it. You want to make the fights go to a finish. You don't, you, how about no round end? How about, how about, how about that? How about, we don't have, a, we don't have a, a set number of rounds. It goes until somebody's done. If it takes 25 rounds, it takes 25 rounds, bro. <laughs> but, you know, that's the thing, though, is people aren't willing to actually make the changes that it takes to fix things. They just want to complain. Oh, boxing's dead. This is garbage. This is why nobody watches. Now, where? where? Show, me the, show me the numbers. Show me the viewership numbers from 1998. Show me those viewership numbers and show me the viewership numbers now. Produce them. If you're going to make a claim like boxing's dead, prove it. What's your proof? You just have an opinion? I just think it because I feel things. Or do you have evidence? Because the, ev the only evidence that I've seen is the money. And they have doubled. They have doubled the amount of money that you're making. The industry of boxing has doubled the amount of money that it makes since 2000, since like 99, since the Ali Act was passed. How, do you, how does something die? How is something dead if it's making twice as much money? How? There are more fighters now today because I've seen those numbers too. There are more fighters. There are more events. There are more boxing events. So you have more money 
more fighters, more events. On top of that, boxers make more money than fighter MMA fighters do at every level, from their first fight all the way till champion. There's only one little hiccup. I've showed you that graph before. There's only one little hiccup, and that's because the UFC in that 10 and 10, it throws things off a little bit. There's one little hiccup where fighters at that level make a little bit more in MMA. How? How's it dead? How's it dead? The, the viewership, damn near impossible to judge how many people are viewing because you have so many different platforms that the fights are on. And those platforms aren't open and, and transparent with their numbers. They're not letting people see how many people are actually watching their events. So how do you know? How, how, why, where are you getting the numbers from? Where are, you getting, where are you getting your evidence from? Where's the evidence? Produce the evidence. Produce the evidence or shut the hell up. Produce the evidence or shut the hell up. Right? Because I've looked. I've looked. I see no evidence anywhere that boxing's dead. More fights, more fighters, more events, more money, better pay than MMA fighters at all levels except for that one little tiny fraction of fighters in the UFC. And, and, the, and the champions make way less than the champions of boxing, <laughs> okay? What, what's, what's your evidence? Do you have you have viewership numbers that you can show me and be like, oh well, look look at the millions of people who watched the events in '98, right that year, and look at the people who watched the events in 2022. You don't have those numbers. I can't find those numbers. If you can, I would love I would love it. If any of you guys out there can find hard definitive numbers, I'll give you 100 bucks. <laughs> right? If any of you guys watching can find those hard definitive numbers for me. Right, I give you hundred bucks because I can't find the numbers. You can't. You can't. I don't think you can get DAZN's numbers. I don't think HBO is going to give you that stuff. Showtime? Are they going to give you the numbers? Do they put them out there anywhere? I don't think so. Where does the money come from then? If boxing's dead, why are they selling out arenas? If boxing's dead, I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand your argument. Well, I feel that way because people agree with me when I say it. Uh, uh. <sighs> Retard. You guys are stupid. You're a stupid person if you really believe that. Sorry. Just because you don't like something doesn't mean it's dead. Is, is uh, baseball dead? Is baseball dead? Does baseball viewership feel like it used to back in the 1950s? Does it? So, so baseball is dead? Is it? Hmm? Crickets. So it seems like they're making more money. Seems like they're doing all right. It seems like things are doing really great. But yeah, no, it's not the same. Baseball is not treated the same or viewed the same way as it was in the 50s. And I guarantee you, you probably find more numbers on that. Eh, maybe not. You might be able to find more numbers on that, but it still seems like they're doing fine. So it seems like baseball players are commanding a lot of money. Seems like those stadiums are doing all right. Seems like the owners are still driving Bugattis, right? So where are you getting this stuff? Whose ass are you pulling this opinion out of? I just really think you got MMA promoters' penises in your mouth, honestly. 
<clears throat> That's all I hear when you say that. Just, I'm Dogan from Odercock. <laughs> oh, goobers. Goobers, man. So, yeah, if anybody can show me hard evidence to why boxing's dead, I'd love it. I'd love to see, I'd love to see evidence. I'd love to see evidence that um, people are not watching it as much. What evidence do you have? Can you show me the hard numbers? Show me the hard numbers. That should be doable for you. Because I've seen uh, John Nash's work talking about uh, what the pay is and how it's increased and how much money they're making in that industry. So, sounds like they're flourishing. Sounds like they're flourishing better than they ever have in the history of the sport. So where's the proof? Prove it. Put your money where your mouth is. Let's go. Come on, dummies. Come on, you dummies. Stupid dummies. I'm calling y'all stupid dummies. I'm trying to trigger some dumbasses to actually put some evidence forward that proves their statement. Please do it. Please. Please humble me, dumbasses. <laughs> you can't do it. They won't do it. It's not possible because it's not dead. It's flourishing. You just don't like it. Go, go in the corner and cry. I'm not saying it's perfect. It's not, but to say it's dead, get out of here. My, uh, my opinion, I've voiced a number of times uh, here before, is that the reason we struggle with boxing is because there are so many platforms to watch it on. It, if there was a centralized way to watch all of the fights together, that would be the best. If we could form a conglomerate or whatever of all the promoters signing together so we could have like one platform show all the boxing events, I guarantee boxing would, would uh, take off in viewership even more. And a lot of people's attitudes would change in that sense. But it's really hard. It's really hard to find fights sometimes. You know, unless you're really plugged in, if you're plugged into that fighter and his social medias and you're plugged into that promoter he signed with in that social media and you're plugged into the uh, independent titles in their social media, it can be difficult. It can be difficult to, to follow along. So I think it's harder for average people. That's the truth. I think it's harder for average people who aren't diehards to pay attention and know what's going on. And then that, that gives the dummies, the dumbasses, the opinion that it's dead. It's because mom and pop aren't talking about it all the time because it's easy to watch and easy to find. But still, like everybody's talking about this fight. Everybody's talking about this fight. A lot of people were talking about the Canelo fight recently. How is it dead? I just don't understand what you're talking about. Please help me understand. Please. All right, guys. There was a lot of stuff back in the day. There was Tuesday night, night, Tuesday night fights, Friday night fights. I, I remember ESPN used to have a lot of uh, low-level boxing and stuff on. I used to watch a lot back in the day, high school and college. You know, we used to have a lot of, a lot of boxing shows uh, and events on, on, uh, on HBO. 
But like a lot of my high school stuff was before the Ali Act. So there was a lot of exploitation and manipulate manipulation and pro wrestling style matchmaking and fights back at the time. Do you remember remember Tyson and Steven Neely? Remember that? Some bum who never had any business stepping into a professional boxing ring fought for a title against Mike Tyson. You remember afterwards he got knocked out with one punch. He did the Pizza Hut uh, uh, stuffed crust pizza commercial, and he turned the pizza around, and the crust hit him in the chin and knocked himself out. Remember that? What a debased, gross thing. I don't care how much money. That's gross. Why would you embarrass yourself like that? Ugh. You already got paid for the fight. Why are you gonna why are you gonna shit on yourself afterwards? It's gross. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Todd, that's a stupid name. Worst 85 second pay-per-view ever. Roxy DePew says Tyson was on PBD podcast this week. Interesting interview if you missed it. What is PBD? I'm not sure what that one is. I don't, I don't know where people get so much time to watch, stop, watch uh, stuff. Like I try to get it in, but with my kids and me trying to create stuff for other people to watch, that's so hard, man. And I, I try to make myself do it because I feel like I'm, I get out of touch sometimes because everybody's listening to watching and different stuff. And I got to get into the conversation sometimes. So I need more time in the day, man. Need more time in the day. All right. Well, we'll run a little bit long, but I did want to get into this. <clears throat> right. There's a lot of stuff going on, right, with the Francis Nagano deal, right? Francis got a new deal. I think it's I think it's great. I think it's interesting. He's gonna get what he wants, it sounds like. There are some uh confusing parts still with it. You know, he's guaranteed his opponents two million dollars. That's amazing that he's stepped up and, and uh tried to look out for his competitors in that way. He's going to probably fight about three times a year under them. Um, he's going to get a year to explore boxing. He's going to be able to do that. So it sounds like he's able to do a lot of what he wants to do. He took a huge risk, absolute huge risk. He took um, one of the biggest risks ever uh, in fighting out his contract. He fought out his contract, defended his belt against somebody they had set him up. They wanted him to lose to. He won that, and now he's going out on his own, and he is testing He's testing the value of his own name. He's testing the value of his own name separate from the UFC. That's the ballsiest thing I've ever heard of in this sport ever. He is sacking up and putting his worth on his own shoulders, saying, F you to the UFC. I'm going to try to do this myself, and this is what – Every fighter that I've ever tried to talk to and approach and tried to bring them into the class action lawsuit, tried to bring them into lobbying for the Ali Act, every single one of them had the same pussy, pussy answer. Oh, I don't think that uh, fighting can survive without the UFC. I don't think any individual fighter's name can carry them uh, without the UFC. I, I've heard that at least 20 times, at least 20 times by top ranked people that you love and know. At least. Those guys are pussies. Those guys are cowards. They were too chicken shit to put their name on the line and, and put their value on their own shoulders. 
They kept Dana White's dick in their mouth. Gluck, gluck, gluck. Deep-throating Dana White. Please take care of me because I can't do it without you. I can't do it alone. I need you, Daddy Dana. You guys are pathetic. It's gross. Bravo to Francis. Absolutely the, the hardest thing that anybody in the sport's ever done right there. He risks, you know, he's risking it all. He's putting his name on his shoulders. Who else of you could say you did the same thing? I wasn't in his position. I couldn't make the ways that he did. I tried, but even what I did, I don't think stands up to this. I made a, I made a big risk. I cost myself millions of dollars doing what I did. Some other guys did too. But this is huge. This is huge. To put everything on your own name, on your own shoulders like this, chef's kiss. You're a man, Francis Naganu. You're the biggest man in the history of MMA. Screw the haters. Dana White's the bitch. Dana White's such a coward, he can't even openly compete with other promoters. He won't even openly compete with other promoters. He's such a coward bitch. He can't even compete. He won't even compete with other promoters. He's so scared. He's so scared that he will lose out to them. He cuts them off. He uses marketing. He, he shelters them guys. Like he shelters his guys. No, no, I got to protect them. I got to protect their names. I can't let them fight people from outside our company. Oh my God. I can't do cross promotion. Oh my God. We can't have independent titles. Oh, I would actually have to compete. I would actually have to compete as a promoter. I would actually have to do something. I would actually have to freaking do it and do it well and not cheat. Okay. Cause I have the strong opinion and I know this is a fact he didn't get to where he is because of hard work and doing it better than other people. He cheated. He cheated. He cheated. The only reason they're where they're at is because they cheated. They broke the law. They broke the law. They broke antitrust law. They have exploited fighters. They have stolen from people. He cheated. He's a cheater. He's a coward. Absolute coward. He's too afraid to compete head-to-head -head with other promoters. Come on, Dana, put up, put up your guys, put up your best fighters against Bellator's best fighters, put up your best fighters against one of C's best fighters, put up an independent title. You want to make up titles. You make up the BMF and other bullshit belts. You make up bullshit. Let's make up some other belt, make up another belt, make up an independent title. Let's do it. Make up an independent title and put your guys, your top guys against the top guys from other promotions all over the world. Come on, coward. You're a coward. You're a pussy and a coward. Go beat your wife because that's the only person you can actually beat at anything in a competition. How about that, loser? I don't care. Oh, he's got money. Uh, yeah, he's a scumbag. I don't care. He's a he's a douche, douchebag. I wouldn't trade places with him. No, no freaking way. He's a coward. He's an absolute coward. He had to cheat to get where he is. He had to break the law to get where he is. He had to exploit people, bully people. And he's still too chicken shit to compete against other promoters head to head. Pussy. You're a pussy. Period. That's my opinion. That's my opinion on the France deal with PFL. There's a lot of other stuff that goes along with that. But yeah, that's my, that's my point of view. That's my two cents, whatever it's worth. <laughs> oh man. Thanks guys. Thanks. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, the one time Dana did try to compete with other promoters, he got his ass handed to him. 
tucked his dick deep between his legs, and he he refused to ever do it again. He's not ever going to do it again. Coward, absolute coward. He's afraid. He's afraid of risk. He's afraid of taking any real risk. He has to have everything secured for him. If it's not guaranteed to him, he's not going to take the risk. What a coward. That's that's a that's a sh- true sign of a weak person. He he's a too afraid to take risk. He refuses to compete openly and honestly. What a loser. Uh, Roxy, I believe the number was two million. Roxy's saying Francis wants his competitors to get paid one million dollars per fight. This should poach the heavyweights from other promotions. Uh, he wants. I, I heard two million, and that that's part of the that's part of what that's about. You know, if you're a heavyweight, why wouldn't you want to go to, to PFL? You could you could do well and earn your way to a two million dollar title shot. Or, or you know, who, who who knows? Francis could lose a title. You know, he's not the champ. He still he still gets the same money, and his opponents still get the same money. It's pretty wild. Pretty wild. Tyler is a stupid name. Yes, you're you're right, hundred percent. Chuck is still a stud. I love Chuck's awesome. Chuck's amazing. But it's proof that Robin Black was correct. What he's he's saying is correct. Robin Black made a statement about how. The UFC isn't about who's the best fighter. It's about who's the be- who who has the best promotion. They, they they are the best at marketing. Okay, they market their guys as the best. It doesn't mean they are the best. They're not actually competing head to head with the best guys in the world. This is not. They're not because there's guys everywhere, and if you don't have cross promotion, you don't have access to everybody. And the loss that Chuck had is proof that there are guys who are out there who can 100% definitely compete with the guys in the UFC. Right? But just because, don't get me wrong, just because there are guys out there that can, can head-to-head compete with fighters in the UFC doesn't mean that UFC is not a monopoly. That's, in fact, it's actually more proof that they are. All right, guys. That was a, that was a good rant. Went a little bit long right there. Hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you guys watched the fights, enjoyed those fights. Uh, make sure you're checking the links below. I got a sale this week, guys, right, on my uh, on all my courses on Gumroad, all my Gumroad courses. Go to the links below, all my courses on Gumroad. I, here is the uh, code. This is the code. Memorial Day, one word. That's the code right there in the chat that's the code 25 percent off the sales run through memorial day right you have all day memorial day you have from now until all day memorial day to purchase 25 percent off meal plan uh practical self-defense uh fitch smash lifting program all of my jujitsu and and grappling wrestling uh seminars available everything 25 percent off You've got until Memorial Day, the end of Memorial Day to make that happen. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Man, I need – I don't get time to practice as much anymore. See, that's one of those things, too, that I feel like I'm losing time doing. But, uh, yeah, I used to play every day. Now it's like I have to force myself to play every once, every couple of weeks. 
All right. All right. I need to get in the groove again. I just need to schedule stuff. Thanks for watching, though, guys. Appreciate you. Thanks for the super chats. Make sure you like and share all that jazz. And uh, I got a uh, Learn to Fight video coming out tomorrow. It's already up on, on uh, Rockfin. I'm thinking about doing those more than once a week. So I might start putting some more in. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I might actually do a uh, Fitch Pilled. I might do a Fitch Pilled live during the week sometime, you know, just to see. Just to see who's out there during the day and uh, see what's up. You know what I'm saying? Thanks for watching, though, guys. I'll check you all later.